Hold on to your butt. I'm quite surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Joey Clark. Uh, hello and welcome to the program. You are listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour as I blow up my eardrums. My goodness, these headphones on me are turned up loud. Uh, what a weekend it was. And joining me, as he always does on Mondays, well, it's the second time in a row, so I guess always in that sense, is Troy. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Uh, good to have you here. And I had a crazy weekend. Because I went and saw Simo over at the Blue Iguana after interviewing them Friday night. Yeah. Those guys rocked my face off. They were epic. I mean, it was cool having them in studio, and the acoustic versions were impressive. But when he had his full effects pedal bay and, like, the drummer could really go nuts, it was psychedelic rock-slash-soul music with the Did rhythm. Did it get weird? Uh, it got a little weird for me okay. at the end. Um they said they appreciated the interview, so hopefully I'll have them back next time they come through town. But it got weird for me in this sense. I had um, I had a stain on my shirt. I had a black button-up shirt. What color was the stain? It was actually a weird yellow-white. Uh, it was mac and cheese, to be exact. I was munching down on some mac and cheese the night before. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm putting all this hot sauce in there, too, because really hot hot sauces goes well with that creamy mac. Was it that scorpion pepper hot sauce? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I paid for it in the morning, but it was good going down the fire. <laughs> oh, my muffler was so mad at me. And uh, essentially, that's I forgot about the stain when I put on, because the shirt went in the not dirty, like the midway point. Right, I have a, the, that the pile. I can wear it again pile. Yeah, and I forgot there was the stain. And my friend noticed that I had a stain on in the morning, and I'm trying not to reveal too much. And she said, I'll go get you a shirt. I said, you don't have to do that. She said, oh, I'm going. What's the address for the station? And I said, you don't know. And she, so she, she was going to send it to get laundered? No, she essentially went out and said she bought me a shirt. I gave her the address because she kept asking. And then she said, okay, I put the shirt on the front of your car. You should go out and get it during a break. So I'm expecting like a black button-up shirt or some sort of button-up shirt. And I get outside, and on the hood of my BMW is a uh, is an extra-large girl's pink sweater with silver, glittery like dots on the sleeves. And the front of the shirt is embroidered. The sweater is embroidered with a cat face. And in glittery letters, it says, Meowie Christmas. Let me just stop you right there. I have... So many questions. <laughs> I was under the impression that you showed this woman a good time, but clearly something went horribly wrong. Horribly right. I suppose that's true. It is almost ugly Christmas sweater season. It is, and um, I said I'm not wearing that. I mean, I got a text as I'm at the concert that night saying, it's always the guys who are the funniest who end up hooking up with somebody. So I want you to put on that sweater... And anytime anybody talks to you, all you say back is, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> so a little Jameson went down the hatch. 
uh, a shot of Makers went down the hatch, and I decided, it's cold. I'm putting on the sweater. And then I proceeded to say, you've got to be kidding me for the rest of the night. Wow. Yeah. And you left a trail of the glittery fairy dust everywhere you went. Yeah. I'm proud of that. I think even Prince would be proud of that. And so after that moment, I decided, okay, I've been talking about Mamma Mia and ABBA all this week. I've been uh, wearing glittery pink sweaters. I need to, I need to get back to feeling my oats in, a, in my own unique way. And uh, You have a unique way of feeling your oats. Oh, yeah. But I, I can't go into it on air. Right. That, that makes like, sense. Wait, can we, talk about the, uh, can we talk about the boat tonight? If you'd like to, uh, it was a dark time. You it seem was, uncomfortable. It was the boat times. <laughs> I don't want to. If you're going to be weird about it, and uh, I don't want to listen, something very important to you and I was taken from us. Yeah, and it went on an adventure that we did not approve of. I don't think we're ready. No, no. we'll tell the story of the boat one day. It's not what you're thinking. It's not like we got a hole in our boat. It's not a canoe. It's not a kayak something else but we'll get into that later anyway the next night after the sweater and the the concert went over to this guy's place mike he had a bunch of folks over greg was talking about it just a second ago classic name and mike served me and i hadn't had one of these in like a month or two like it had to be 25 i'm gonna say 30 ounces just because i can bone-in ribeye steak my goodness it was just it was essentially just a huge beef rib that's really what a ribeye is with all the meat still on it, and uh, I ate—I was meat drunk. <laughs> I have been there. I know what you mean. Now, have you seen this documentary on Netflix called Steak Revolution? No, the last meat-forward documentary that I watched on Netflix was about barbecue and barbecue in different cultures. Hmm. Um, it went... Obviously, Argentina has a very large barbecue culture because they have a lot of... Um, dairy cows and, and meat cows um, and then it went to Africa as well and Korea it was a good documentary but no I haven't I haven't seen Steak Revolution I I almost watched it but I realized that if I clicked on it I would probably get the meat sweats as like a Pavlovian <laughs> response yeah that's what happened to me I um I I was remembering dark times uh, when I the boat times, yeah, I was remembering the boat times oh, where man. I drowned myself in meat in order to. It was essentially like Gaga's meat dress, except in my belly. Well, that would I would I would say that's a better place for meat. I agree. Instead of a statement, like how many cows had to be slaughtered for you to have that dress? Do you mean statement? <laughs> there we go with the puns. See, we're not even dads yet, and we're still, like, early on we started with the puns. You're right. Yeah, and even when we, it's just, it's not very becoming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Daylight Donut stories. Um, so I'm watching this documentary, and it is fascinating. It start, you got to get through it, though, because it's done by a French guy. Those are subtitles. So it's all in French with um, English subtitles, or... Most of it's in French with English subtitles, but when he comes into places where people speak English, he speaks broken English. Right. But essentially, he starts off by asking, why does French beef suck so much? And it leads him to Luger's in New York City, saying this is the best steak I've ever had. And he goes to Argentina, he goes to Brazil, um, he goes to Japan with Wagyu beef and Kobe beef. And he finds, though, the place with the best 
hardest to find steak because it's so unique is in Spain. They also have really crazy hams, cured meats. Exactly, in Spain. where you can cure it longer than uh, than the, the FDA would allow here. Yeah, we, you can't get uh, what is it, jamón ibérico. Oh, can't get that here. I want that so much, though. I, yes. I'm, I, you want to become a smuggler? I will say that I want the meat sweats from that. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to get the boat back first. Become smugglers of Iberico. I'm sorry to keep bringing up the boat. It's, it's not a funny thing. It's not something to laugh about. You're right. You going to be okay? Yeah, it's fine. Yes. It's, it's just, they didn't have to do that. They didn't. But they did it anyway. Yeah. They stole our hearts. And our boat. And our boat. It's just not cool. Anyway, this guy in Spain, he doesn't pick a particular breed of cow. Like, the beef we had on Saturday night was USDA Prime. It was damn good beef. Right. But this beef, he picks out uh, any cow of any breed, as long as they're not, like, twitchy and easily agitated. As long as they're relaxed. Because right. he doesn't want the, the fast twitch coming on, the muscles creating stress, which toughens the meat. It, it releases some sort of chemical that causes it to toughen. Um, I mean, at least in humans, it's it's a lactose or it's some sort right. of lactase, perhaps, when you get cramps and your muscles burn. So it's probably... Anaphylactic shock or... Anaphylactic, no, that's... that's, that's an, I'm that's just an, throwing an, out terms. Now. That's an allergic reaction. Oh, Anaphylactic yeah. shock usually results in like the throat closing, and someone jabs the EpiPen. Mm. Luckily, I, we never had to do that. No, yeah, that was. Uh, we are fortunate in yeah. that regard. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we never had to do that. But this guy picks out a particular cow, makes sure it's a calm cow, and then treats it like royalty for like ten, twelve. There was this one particular cow he had been raising for sixteen years. Letting it feed on natural grasses and oats as it wished. He would massage it every day. And the documentary says, you're going to slaughter it? He goes, oh, yeah, hell yeah. So, like, 16-year-old cow, essentially aging on the bone, he slaughters it. I, You know, I, I love meat and all meats, but I don't think I could raise an animal and impart yeah. pieces of my personality on it and then just slaughter it this this gentleman must really love meat well it's it is so personal because you get some u.s beef that's like factory farms so it gets a lot of marbling but they pumped it in there so quickly right that the meat's a little rubbery it's tougher um and this you get the marbling but because he raised it slowly over years and I think you're bringing up an interesting point. I was thinking that too. Like, can I, could I bring myself to slaughter a cow I've been painstakingly raising for over a decade? That's, it's just the amount of time. Like a couple yeah. months, I could probably do it. But 16 years? It's like waiting for a fine bottle of wine or a scotch or anything aged. Like you just you have to wait that. And well, anyway, so he slaughters a 16-year-old cow. Yeah. And then he dry ages it for several more months. Like, like it gets that little layer of mold on the outside yeah. and you got to wash it. And okay, But it concentrates the flavor. Mm -hmm. And so this French guy sits down with him and they said it was it, words. can't. I know this is a talk show, but words cannot describe. It, it melt immediately. 
like meat butter, almost like marrow, but beef ribeye steak. You had me at meat butter. Yeah, I'm. 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 We're already 18 minutes into the show, and I'm still talking about meat. This is what Mike did to me with that 30 ounce ribeye. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm obsessed with meat. How long did it take you to not feel full? Until uh, the next day. And then I made some very poor dietary decisions. Involving hot sauce? There was some hot sauce involved, okay. but it was... Um, well, you know me. I like sauce. I like chips and dip. Oh, yeah. So I, I said, to hell with it. There's a big wrestling pay-per-view tonight. Uh, I'm going to get junk food. So I go with Jonathan, and we pick up... I hadn't had this in years now. Months before steak, but now years. I'm off off the wagon. The cheese, processed cheese whiz. Oh, my. And stuff with the spray, like yeah. the nozzle on top. Yeah. Crackers are just a vehicle for that cheese. Exactly. And we, Jonathan and I, ate a lot of it. <laughs> how many how many cans did you go through? Oh, no. We, we, we didn't go that far. Okay. Because we had the other dips and a, a big lasagna. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm out of control. This is, so, it's almost absurd. So, so tonight I think I have to do sushi or something and that's it. Because I was out of control. I can't stop eating. And I've got this thing lately too with milk. Like I like good whole milk. Yeah. But I can't just pour a nice glass of milk and sip on it. No, you, you got to go through the whole darn bottle. I chug. Anytime I pour a glass of milk, I end up chugging it. Mm-hmm. I can't help myself. And it's, then I feel it's really good. too full. I feel way too full. You know, I switched to 2% milk recently. From skim or whole? From whole. Okay. And uh, it's it's working out so far. You still get a little bit of that awesomeness yeah. like you do in, with whole milk, mm-hmm. but not the same amount of fullness. Needless to say, folks, we're not vegans. Oh, no. No, I don't, I don't think that would happen. I also feel the need to bring this up okay, because you yeah. mentioned your love of sauce. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the only man I know that will make pizza rolls and dip them in ranch dressing. Oh, yeah. Not just any ranch dressing. His mom bought this ranch dressing mix. Yes. And he made ranch dressing from scratch. Mm-hmm. I did. Just to dip pizza rolls in. And then I would take some of the ranch like powder mixing and put it on top of the pizza rolls themselves. Mm-hmm. It got him the nickname Sauce for a while. Oh, and do you remember the buttery... The, the fox. The buttery fox. Oh, yeah. Oh, those were weird times. Those were weird times. Mm-hmm. But we went through a lot of documentaries. We went through a lot of movies. And we didn't get to go see Justice League yesterday. I think we were both kind of like, eh. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to see it. I almost saw it today. Yeah. And I was like, you know, he's probably going to go see it without me, too. So if I, if I go do this, then I'll be caught up. And then I was like, but that's not... That's not the experience. The experience the is going to see a movie with your best friend after having seen all the movies that have sort of led up to this yeah. situation. Not just movies, comic books, discussing things like, is Goku more powerful than Superman? Things like that. <laughs> In his final form, maybe. <laughs> well, they keep changing forms. Yeah, like Super, Super, Super Saiyan. Uh, it's, it's Super Saiyan God. Super, super Saiyan, Saiyan God. See, I'm not hip on my Dragon Ball Z terminology. Well, that's not Dragon Ball Z anymore. It's Dragon Ball it's Super. Dragon Ball... See, I'm I'm behind the times. Mm-hmm. Last time I watched that crap was like years ago. No, not crap. That wonderful cartoon. Well, 
<laughs> it's like every episode, I'll just give it away, folks. Spoiler alert is, oh, we're in some deep crap here. Uh, somebody got the Dragon Balls? All right, we're T- good. Tune in next time. <laughs> it would. There were so many episodes of filler. It was. It was actually pretty incredible. Well, we. I mean, we could go see. It's probably gonna be too late that we could go see Justice League tonight. It's yeah. It's, it's probably a little too late. Too late. Yeah. That's how I know we're getting older. Yeah. It's like. Mm. Uh, anything past seven, I'm like, hmm, clock's ticking. We hit that age pretty quickly where it's like, hey, you want to go out tonight? Well, no. no. Let's just stay in, hang out on the recliners. You want to watch, watch Ocean's them? Eleven? <laughs> yeah, how many times <laughs> did we watch Ocean's Eleven? My goodness. No, that's a spectacular that whole, that whole series. Yeah. It's great. And it's almost time for Love Actually. Yeah. I can't believe people don't enjoy that movie and appreciate it like we do. There are so many people that crap on that movie. Oh, it's so uh, sanguine and sweet and like, well, no, there are some storylines in Love Actually that are actually not that happy. Mm -hmm. In order to have the comedy, you need a little bit of the tragedy. Yeah. And I like the absurd sweetness. I I just, I like that director. I can't remember his name. He did Pirate Radio too. Mm -hmm. Um, He He had another movie that was similar to Love Actually. That had uh, Gerard Butler in it. Hmm. Um, P.S. I love you. I think so. Yeah. And the joke was on all the girlfriends who brought their boyfriends to see that movie. And in like the first five minutes, the dreamboat Gerard dies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there's going to be some twists. Oh, it looks like we have a phone call. Awesome. Let's go uh, see who it is. Uh, news talk. You're on there with Joey and Troy. Hey, it's just me, Leonard. Hey, what's up, man? Not much, dude. Hey, uh, you know, uh, you talk about a lot of different things and all that stuff. I mean, your different political beliefs and things like that. Mm-hmm. But calling anime cartoon is where I draw the line. I'm coming to egg your car. I'm sorry, man. I I, I loved you for every, all these years and things like that, but that's where I had to draw the line. No, well, you have to school me then. Please do okay. not egg my car. Inform okay. me. Okay. Correct okay. me. Dress me I down. Correct you. Yeah, leave me alone, man. I know you're just playing. I know you know the difference and all that stuff. Um, anyway. Sometimes I don't. Really? No, uh, it's just different art style. That's it. But I think you're playing me and all that stuff. But no, I'm just giving you a hard time and all that stuff. Just keep up the good work, bro, okay? Okay, and don't give away the end of Survivor Series. I fell asleep after Lesnar and AJ Styles, all right? Dude, I, I want to be that guy and all that stuff. Please don't that's be that stuff. guy. I think Vince McMahon came out and jumped off the top of the building or something like that. I, I don't know, man. This is, this is crazy. <laughs> so, anyways, I'll let you guys later. You guys keep up the good work, okay? Take care, man. Thanks, Leonard. Leonard's a great guy. He's always there. He's always following. I know he's a true fan because he's following on social media. He calls in. He listens. He's jumping from wrestling to video games to anime. I feel like I should apologize for that. Oh, no. You don't have to no, apologize. It's, there's is a strict. It's pretty strict. It's, it's anime. It's not a cartoon. It's anime. Typically done in the Japanese style, which is why it's called anime. That sounds like pretentiousness. Well, it's the same thing with comic books and... I can't pronounce it right manga or manga it's it's like somebody who comes in and goes actually champagne true champagne is only from the champagne region of france mm-hmm. all the other mock champagnes are just there's only certain there's only certain people that could pull that off like if alton brown came in and said that i'd be like can i get your autograph <laughs> <laughs> i'm a big fan yeah i love you elton or alton it's alton well, Elton works too. Oh, it does. Elton John. 
Well, I, I love Elton John. Man, his cameo in Kingsman 2. That was excellent. Oh, I was thinking, oh, it's just going to be him playing. When they, he was very involved in that movie. Yeah. Very involved. So I think the big point of tonight's show is that we're getting old. Like, I, uh, like we're getting drunk off meat. We already just want to put our slippers on and stay inside and give the cats nicknames. I have a I have a cat, ladies and gentlemen. His name is Toby, and he gets a new nickname just about every week. His most popular nickname for me, anyways, Mister Nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Tobias the Great, or what was it? Well, his full name is based off of a character in a Shakespeare play. I believe, it, if I recall, it's Twelfth from Twelfth Night. Mm. Sir Toby Belch. Sir so Tobias Belch. Okay, this is the second show in a row we've done where we mentioned Twelfth Night. I believe. It's a good. It's a good play. It is a good play. It is a good play. Now, the thing that's getting the most traction for me, at least on social media, was this little gaming console meme. And it, this is another element of us getting old. Mm-hmm. Like I look back on this, and essentially I said, "What was your first console growing up? Number one's the NES, then two Super NES, the Sega Genesis, N sixty four, the Dreamcast, the PlayStation, the GameCube." The original Xbox, the PlayStation Two, what was it? The Xbox One after that? No, that's the that's the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. The image they're using is, um, if I recall, is not the original. That's like the Elite Edition because it's in black. It came as like a uh, sort of a, a whitish gray. I, yeah, and I remember when you first got a Three Hundred and Sixty with Call of Duty. Oh, wow, man! They actually use Call of Duty or something like that in the military. I think. Like to train people when they don't, they can't do active live fire training. Yeah, um, there. Well, they developed a game, and it was called America's Army hmm. for the PC. And I don't know if they still use that. They might have moved on from that. But I do know that a lot of militaries, or a lot of our military, has computers installations, and they use or they used to use PlayStation 3s, they would just hook up like 100 PlayStation 3s and it would create its own supercomputer. Because hmm. you could just partition out to each drive and have it do whatever you wanted. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. I mean, that was that was a decade ago, so they've, they've probably moved on to something better. Yeah. Well, what was your first console? I had... Well, my father bought a Sega Genesis... And that was the first console I remember watching him play and then also playing. And there was a game, it's very popular, it's called Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, yeah. And the sequel had come out, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And there, on the second level of that game, there is, the level essentially floods. Yes! And every time it would get close to death, this warning sound that I can still hear in my head would come on. Yeah. And I would just cry. Because oh, no. I didn't want Sonic to die. Oh, no. Yeah. It's horrifying. That the one with Sonic and Tails? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. remember that. And then that SOB Knuckles. That was the third one. But yeah. he ruined it. He ruined it. And then they added Shadow. It's like Wario. And Walugi. Uh, what is that? What is Walugi? A money grab. <laughs> I reckon it's a money grab. Well, what's funny is these gaming consoles, like my grandmother 
had a Super NES, and at every holiday get-together, it would devolve, or it would evolve, depending on your point of view, uh, into myself, my cousins, and my uncle all playing Super Mario Bros. Mm -hmm. And then the 64 came around, it would devolve into Mario Kart. And man... There are some fights over Mario Kart. Mario Kart got intense. It really did. And from the, it evolved into Super Smash Brothers from there. Yeah. Mario Party, too? Yeah. Oh, some drunken Mario Party fights. <laughs> what happened? He hit my leg in the middle of playing the minigame. He knocked me off the ledge, and I'm upset about it, and I'm going to let the world know. Well, my brother, without fail, you would do a whole circuit on Mario Kart. So you've got one, two, three. We're on the fourth race. It's coming down to that race. I'm about to cross the finishing line, or my uncle's about to cross the finish line. And without fail, Will would jump up and hit the reset button on the game. Why would he do that? And even though it's just a game, all of us would be like, no! I would be super upset. Yeah. It was just not cool. Not cool, just, Will. It's just petulant. Yeah, it is. Although we can look back on it now and laugh. You know, I find it adorable, though. You know, in all seriousness, holidays are tough for me. I don't uh, look forward to them, and it's not the obvious reason. I think most folks who know me know. It's happened before uh, my mom passed. It, it's I, like I hit that age where holidays stop being like this fun, joyful occasion. Now, now an occasion, it's not bad. It's appreciative, it's grateful, it's good to see family and catch up. But it's not like this most magical, wonderful time of the year thing anymore. Right. Not by any means. Have you experienced that at all? Like where it's... it's not, When did the magic go away? For me, it happened sometime in college. Or even in high school, I still appreciated the holidays a lot. And maybe I'll regain it. Especially if I have my own kids, I'd imagine the holidays can be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. But... Right now, I'm in this weird spot where I'm like, man, I'm getting old. Everybody else around me is getting older. It doesn't have the same pep or pluck as it used to. And I'm like, all right. Do you want to know how you can recapture that? Oh. After Halloween, the day after Halloween, the Hallmark Channel starts playing Christmas movies. Really? That's one way to get in the Christmas spirit. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Love Actually. Yeah, we're going to have to watch that. Yeah. Okay. Actually, don't do that on the Hallmark Channel. Oh, because they edit it? No, my, my mom started doing that. I'm already tired of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I will say, one thing does get me pretty hyped for Christmas, and that's Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Yes! I remember. We got to go see them in Birmingham a few years back. Yeah, that was excellent. It was epic. I didn't realize the columns of fire... The guitar duel. On the scissor lift, the oh. fake snow coming from the ceiling. It was epic. It was The incredible. BJCC. Yeah, that was probably the best show I've seen at the BJCC. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw Clapton there. Oh, uh, that's going to be tough to beat. Mm -hmm. And he had just added Layla back onto his playlist. Nice. Yeah, it was, it was, it was good. Nice. Well, and I'm going to say something a little controversial here. But, like, there are a lot of great classic Christmas movies. Mm -hmm. Like, It's a Wonderful Life. I've already, the years passed, like the first time I watched that movie, I was truly enchanted. Like, it had the effect it has on most people. The second time I watched that movie, I'm like, George Bailey's a whiny little bitch. It takes, like, it takes an angel coming down from heaven for him to see that his life is wonderful. Come on, George! 
Get it together, man. Come on. And then also I had the thought of Pottersville looks a little, other than everybody like being mean to each other, like all the stuff to do in Pottersville looks like a lot of fun. It's like Vegas. And Vegas, we all know, is a happy place with no tears at all. <laughs> There's nothing depressing in Las Vegas whatsoever. But the movie that I think gains from nostalgia the most and isn't that great of a film, in my humble opinion, is A Christmas Story. Oh, I thought you were going to say Howard the Duck. <laughs> no, that cocaine-fueled romp. I don't know about that movie. but Classic. And you saw Howard the Duck when you were a child. <laughs> yes. Okay, so that's why you liked it. I, I'm pretty sure I might be the only person that actually likes Howard the Duck. Well, and especially if I watched it, I think I watched it a few years ago, with adult eyes, I'm like, how much cocaine were these people on? Yeah. It's just not funny. You lose your sense of timing when you do this. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, guys, way too much. Way too intense. But yeah, A Christmas Story, I'm watching it going, this is just boring. Maybe it's a different time, and I know there are a lot of people out there who love it, and I'm not going to stop you from talking about it or watching it. It's just my own personal thing. I'm like, I don't want to watch that. Yeah. I think Rudolph, the old animation, like uh, stop-motion animation still holds up. Yeah. I, for some reason, what really stands out to me about that movie, the Rudolph movie, is the textures. Yeah. The textures that they got on the, I don't want to call it props, but they're, they're props basically, right? Right. Uh, the textures on the props stand out to me, but I think it's because when I first saw that movie, I was so small that I couldn't perceive of characters being things, right. and I could just see textures. And it's um, if you go back and watch those movies, folks, I think it was a Japanese. It was anime. I think initially. Sorry, you're Leonard. Gonna, you're gonna upset Leonard. Don't egg my car, Leonard. I know it was a Japanese company, though who sort of license out these movies. So a lot of the animation is like, yeah, yeah, Miyazaki, I think. And the, his team that worked on all the Miyazaki movies worked on those original stop-motion capture wow. films. I had no idea. And if you go back and watch some of them, they are really trippy. Like, yeah, the guys making these movies, like, it has great messages for kids. And, oh, my goodness, I'm already getting, let's just do this in real time. Uh, no, I was wondering if Andrew, my roommate, was mad at me about Christmas Story. And he's just asking dinner plans. Okay. Sushi tonight. I've eaten too much meat over the weekend. Too much processed cheese. Too much lasagna. I need something light tonight, if you're listening, Andrew. But yeah, those movies can be really trippy. Like the Island of Misfit Toys. Yeah. In Weird. It's intense. It is out of somebody's nightmares. An another movie that sticks out to me as super trippy is Fantasia. Yeah. It's like, what were you teaching kids back then? Well, they, they certainly captured something magical. <laughs> yeah. There was one scene in particular where there's like this, it's almost like it's Satan. It's this dark lord yeah. demon casting fire, and it's going with the, the timpani and the symbols. It's, it's really incredible. It stands up, too, over time, but it's strange. Yeah, it's it's challenging, probably for adults. For children, I it for when I was a child and I saw it, it, it really captured me. Well, yeah, when you're a kid, you don't bring all the baggage and of adulthood and being jaded. You just kind of accept what's in front of you, and mm -hmm. you're like, I love it. 
Um, it's like Toy Story had that effect and all their video games they came out with after the fact. And by the way, all those old video games and all these old consoles, in my opinion, much more difficult than games today. Like games today take hours, take time, but just the, the simple thing of making the little cross-screen 2D character jump from there one was, thing to the next. There was a lot more punishment. Was, those games were very unforgiving. There's a lot more forgiveness, if you will, in games today. You can respawn. You can come back to life. You can save. You can save, <laughs> yes. And when saving first came out, you could only save once, and as soon as you used that save, it would disappear. So you would have to save again or find a spot to save again or just leave the console on and hope that nothing... There was no storm or electrical out outage. <laughs> or, or a brother who doesn't like you for some reason. Reset. That's so, oh, it's not cool, Will. I'm 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 a little upset, and I wasn't even a part of that. I know. Will uh, and I are going to have to have a chat. I think so. You're going to have an intervention with him. Because I think he still does it with his Xbox. He gets mad at Shadow of War or Mordor and like, ah! Like, you could just save it. And, like, it's not as unforgiving as old games. We have to hit a quick break here, and uh, nobody's mentioned this on this airwaves yet. Uh, Malcolm Young, ACDC. Rest in peace, Malcolm. Rest in peace. He died at 64 years old, uh, succumbed to dementia. Um, and for those out there, the praying type, please pray. No matter what you think of for Angus Young, not only did he lose Malcolm over the weekend, he lost his older brother, I think, this month as well. So pray for Angus Young. I, I can't imagine losing two siblings in a month. That is in... Gut-wrenching. Yeah. But you can always go back to the music. And so after, like I said, this big kick with ABBA and Mamma Mia and all the fruity, like, happy, great music. I'm not doubting it. You had to bring the noise. Yeah, bring in the instant testosterone. Turn it up to 11. And it always, for some reason, it's burned in my brain. It's not correct. It's Jack Black comes to mind whenever I start thinking of ACDC. In School of Rock? Yeah. Let's rock, let's rock today. Yeah. Yeah, the bee's knees. Mm -hmm. And the one, it's an origin story. Leave it to ACDC to leave us with an origin story of rock and roll with Let There Be Rock. Listen to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Alongside me is Troy. We'll be right back after this break. Joey Clark. Sound. 
Joey Clark. Rest in peace, Malcolm. Rest in peace, Bon Scott. He's been long dead, though. Do you have a whole lot of Rosie? Uh, Not in here. Okay. I'd have to find it and not have to check it, too. Well, I mean, when they do it in concert, they bring a big blow-up doll. Yeah, the song's about how it's like Fat Bottom Girls, Mm -hmm. Queen. It's like loving big women. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with it. Everybody needs love. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, everybody needs love. And TNT, though, like, again, this is such, like, elemental, like... It's a simple chord progression. Right, and that's what Malcolm was so good at. And then the crowd would just continue to chant, oi, on the one and the three. Well, and rock concerts have, they they are spiritual experiences if it's a really good concert Mm -hmm. and everybody's hooked into the artist and the artist's hooked into the audience. It becomes like a larger than life experience. One of the most favorite shows I've ever been to was actually a Dave Matthews Band concert. Their studio stuff sounds nothing like they do live. It's just, there's a lot of life and a lot of love there and it, it can really pick you up and take you away. It really can. And Malcolm... Like, he would play simple chords, like I'm hearing TNT going, all right, that's simple. I could play that if I practice it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And yet, those guys churned out song after song Mm -hmm. with those simple chords and that heavy beat. And it was just, again, guttural, elemental rock and roll. I, I struggle to understand how they could put so much attitude into such simple chords, all while wearing... Outfits of school children. Yeah, Angus in a schoolboy outfit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it is it's like alcohol, where you you kind of turn off your brain. And there used to be ancient customs and cultures where it would be some drug induced or alcohol induced stupor, mm-hmm. and people kind of give in to Dionysus or whatever. I don't know how wise that is. Especially we had a conversation earlier today about Charles Manson. And how he probably manipulated a lot of people around him using psychedelics and these sort of things. Um, you got to be careful with stuff that messes with your mind. Yeah, if, if, if the apex of a spiritual experience is a hierophant, then you've already lost. Well said. Thank you. And that needs to um, mean that we cover hierophant and black ribbons probably next week. Something like that. Oh my goodness. With... That Shooter Jennings album with Stephen King as the the radio host. Incredible. So good. Yeah, we had to cover that one of these Mondays. That was a formative album for us. It really was. And incredible. And and across genre, Shooter getting out of the sort of the country rock, rebel country. He calls it outlaw country. Yeah. And this he went straight into sort of harder rock, psychedelic rock. It was and a great concept album, one of the best recently I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, great stuff. Let's go back to the phones and go to a usual person on these airwaves. Eighty four. What's up, man? Hey, the the one great thing about the way that that, that they sang ACDC is his voice would carry you into the guitar, and the guitar would finish the lines when when the, when he was singing. They they were. They were a wonderful group. They really were. Yeah, rhythmically interlocked. Per, yeah, perfect interlock. It, it, it just it continued on. You couldn't tell when he quit singing and the guitar picked up and carried it on and went wherever it went. So you, you have been all over the map tonight, but I have thoroughly enjoyed this whole show. 
Uh, you talking about the console? The first console that I had, you know what it was? You're going to call me a damn lie. Go ahead. Pong. Pong? Pong. Still one of the toughest damn games, too. Mm-hmm. Have you ever played Pong with the original controller? I don't think I've played it on the original console. I've I've played Planet. it in arcades, but I've I've never played it on an original controller. When when I got an Atari, the original Atari, it was like HD versus antenna. I mean, it was <laughs> great. And then stepped up and got Big Wig and got a Nintendo sixty four and then got the. Uh, the Sega Genesis, and or I don't know if it was Nintendo 64. I, I can't remember all those. The, the Genesis predates the N64. Okay, so I had the original Nintendo with the original... The NES. Little... Oh, yeah. Yeah, the rectangular so, controller that, like, oh, yeah, kill yeah. your hands yeah. after <laughs> playing for a few hours? That's right. Old school. Old school. And you talk about Christmas movies. Uh, and believe it or not, you know, the easy thing about Christmas movies, you know, you would go to It's a Wonderful Life or Christmas Story or something like that, Frost Snowman, Rudolph Red No Reindeer. It, the, it, honest to goodness, and it, Christmas Vacation is probably my favorite Christmas story. Christmas Vacation is good. <laughs> I remember Chevy didn't, Chase killed that role. Didn't Bob or somebody in our class when we were like sixth grade? He said, "Oh, it's PG. We can watch it in school." <laughs> <laughs> it was the unedited, non-TV version. And, and so, Catholic school. Yeah, and the teacher I'm shut sure it off right after like the. A third in a punt bowl. Well, she turned it off right after the pool scene, the fantasy scene. <laughs> But, it, it, but that is that is the epitome. The older I get, and, and, and that's what you try to do, you have these grand delusions that you were going to have this perfect Christmas and nothing works out. Yeah. But at the very end of that movie, though, the very end, when everything kind of ends up coming together and, and, and Clark looks over and he says, I did it. I did it. And that's, that's kind of when you've got a bunch of family... You know how dysfunctional everybody in your family is. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just it, it's it's all crazy. But I just want I just want to tell you, y'all have done a great job tonight. Y'all have brought back a lot of memories, and even going back to the cow. Now, Joey, I'm not questioning you. Mm-hmm. I am questioning your source. I cannot imagine a 16 year old cow tasting like butter. Then you have to watch Steak Revolution. That's going to taste like rubber and gristle. Well, but that's why he, he would find cows that had a good temperament, that he would massage them and graze them as naturally as possible. Yeah. The the aging and process I, also introduces a bacteria that yeah. it either feeds on the oxygen or it feeds on some part inside the meat, and it, it tenderizes it. Right. Well, Sure, you don't know me, but I've been around cows for 44 years. Yeah, he's... he's, he's and I've eaten some 16-year-old cattle, mm-hmm. and we took care of our dairy cows like they were house dogs. And all you could do is grind them up and eat them for hamburger. Okay. And I'm not sure that I completely believe that, uh, uh, but talking about raising one and eating them... 
we've had several of them, and I, I knew that, and we're from different cultures because we're around it. We do it all the time. We had, like last year, we had four four pigs that we raised mm-hmm. that we slaughtered and, and that we ate. And their names were, let's see, they were bacon, pork chops, sausage, and ham. That were the pig's names as the children raised them. That takes the sting and, out of it a bit, yeah. It, and and we had a we had an old calf and and generally what we do is we take something that you, you can't hardly sell like we had a calf a couple of years ago that was deformed she was just born it really nothing wrong with the animal but she was born without a tail that doesn't happen to it but if you send them to to the market to sell them they don't pay you anything for them so you just keep them and feed them out and eat them and and when my five, no, probably seven-year-old, we were eating supper one night, said, Daddy, is this Ethel we're eating? <laughs> and I said, yeah, this is Ethel. He said, man, Ethel tastes good. And I was like, you're there, son. <laughs> you, you got it. You have, you have crossed that point of a pet to we eat these things. Because that's what God gave us to us for. Yeah, indeed. Well, 84, I thank you for schooling me on cattle, and we'll have to talk about milking a cow someday. I'm inclined to agree with him, Joey. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that yeah. documentary I watched was full of crap. Ethel did taste pretty good, though. She ate, she ate pretty good. <laughs> thank you for the call. All right. Well, hey, it's been a great show. We'll talk to you later. Take care. Yeah, and we were uh, talking off air and 84 hit the nail on the head he's like y'all have covered a lot tonight we yeah. might need a little more structure here we're gonna get better oh yeah. we're gonna be better yeah we'll be better we'll get better and we'll find the courage the moxie to uh talk about the boat one of these days we'll get there not to mention secret peter as long as we also get to talk about magnificent mark we'll have to talk about them all and speaking of getting better you you remind me of the Pink Panther. The uh, it wasn't Inspector Clouseau; it was the other guy, sort of the, the villain, Dreyfus. When he, yeah, when he was in the insane asylum, saying every day of getting better and better, and he would start twitching, <laughs> and Clouseau would show up and just ruin his day, <laughs> and without even trying, like hit him with a shovel or something, knock him into the pot. Every day, in every way, I keep getting better. Twitching. Oh, man. You have a lovely dog. <laughs> then the dog bites him. <laughs> that is not my dog. Did you, does your dog bite? It is not my dog. <laughs> I don't have time to go into this uh, Amazonian costume thing in Justice League. Apparently, Zack Snyder made the Amazonians look more like his Spartans in 300. Like, no discernible armor, all sorts of abs and skin showing. And people took that as a jab that, oh, leave it to a man to over-sexualize the the women in his film. And there was one of the women who played an Amazonian in the movie who shot back. And the long and short of it is that yeah, just because we're showing skin doesn't mean we're sexual. I was very happy to work with Zach on this. I'm proud of how I look. And just because I'm fit, it just reminds me of all the guys who ever told me your shorts are too short, your pants are too tight. Get over it. 
Like, there's this weird, I'm all for calling out Weinstein and Spacey and Cosby rapists. People are assaulting people. But when we start getting to this point where it's a new Puritanism about anything right. sexual, you're going overboard. Make, keep it out of the workplace, but, yeah. I, I, in, with, especially with movies and, and media yeah. and art. Every decision you make, someone is going to be unhappy with it. Someone, somewhere. If you can create something and be proud of that, then the blowback that you get will never outweigh the pride that you feel. And in in this case, this woman, she's clearly very proud of her role in the movie. 